There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Benched with Bubba. This is episode 31, your Final Four preview edition. Tonight, I'm joined by two guests. Final Four is that big. I have two guests this time around. Uh, we have from thesportsdgens.com, Doc. You can find him at positive underscore vig. And a special guest from, he does work at Saturday Edge and other places, Smitty. You can find him on Twitter at smithers513. Smitty, Doc, how are we doing tonight? Excellent. Doing great. Good, good. Thanks for joining me tonight. Um, this won't be as long as normal as we don't have a ton to talk about, but the March Madness has been wild. We've previewed every round, and this last weekend did not disappoint. Um, let's get into the recap of the Sweet 16 real quick. We'll kick it off with you, Smitty. Thursday night, Oregon uh, against Michigan. Oregon hangs on, wins 69-68. Uh, what did you take out of that game? Yeah, I was uh, I was on Oregon in that one, and I was really nervous. Uh, Michigan was really tough to uh, – to fade with how they were shooting the ball down the stretch. And, you know, I, I think that was kind of a testament to how well Oregon played. You know, this, you saw it with, against Kansas on Saturday night that uh, they're just making life a little bit difficult for teams. But, uh, yeah, I, I was my biggest takeaway is I, I'm very impressed with how Oregon's playing right now. Yeah, no, uh, they definitely hung on. They Many people counted them out because of the loss of their big man, and they've, uh, they've held it together nicely. Uh, Doc, I know you were on Michigan – Thoughts on that? Yeah. Game? <laughs> yeah. Um, man, it was it was tough, man. Um, you know, about it back and forth, and um, I just didn't get the the last minute. Uh, those two positions for Michigan, the the ill advised shot, the three when you didn't when you only needed two. Um, why the hell would you take that? Uh, I don't know, but uh, it was a great game. Definitely a great game, and uh. Yeah, like Smitty says, uh, Oregon's just playing uh, some really solid ball right now, especially like in key situations. They're just uh, they're stepping up. Yeah, and um, let's go on to the next game on the Sweet 16. Gonzaga hangs on. West Virginia had about 70 shots in the last 30 seconds to win it, and then in the last 10 seconds didn't take a shot at all. Uh, Doc, we'll kick it off with you and your West Virginia gear. Thoughts on that game? Uh, I have no thoughts. Just shitty, <laughs> shitty, shitty. Uh, it was awful. Uh, I just can't possibly 
fathom how that last 90 seconds of that game by a co- by a team that's coached by Bobby Huggins, how that all just played out. Um, I thought I thought the at the end when it's neither here nor there, but I thought Adrian got hacked pretty hard. Um, one thing I don't get didn't get. I think this has been. Uh, I think everybody would agree that this tournament has been the refereeing has just the officiating has just been absolutely atrocious and how they can't get that call when Adrian saved the ball out of bounds and how they caught, you know, it took them what to eight, 10 minutes to get that call, right. That ruined all the momentum for West Virginia. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and cry about it and say what Gonzaga doesn't deserve it. Cause they do. Cause they, they made the plays, but, that sure as hell help matters. So uh, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, if you heard uh, Chris Weber on the broadcast, he was going crazy over that whole yeah. review. He it was just nonstop. I his co-host or whoever was in the seat next to him was almost telling him, "You need to be quiet. You're 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 throwing these guys under the bus pretty hard." But he did not hold back. Uh, Smitty, what were your thoughts on Gonzaga beating West Virginia? Yeah, I mean, with Gonzaga, you know, any team that makes that run, uh, you've got to win at least one game, I think, where you don't play well, and that was clearly Gonzaga's game. But, you know, I think what West Virginia did is going to kind of come to the forefront against South Carolina, which I thought was interesting. They just – Gonzaga just looked so uncomfortable all game. Uh, They were – I mean, even like wide open layups, they were real hesitant. Um, there was a couple of times, you know, I was on Gonzaga in that game and I, I was getting very angry <laughs> at their execution. But, you know, that, I think that's a testament to how West Virginia um, pressures you and just makes you, they just take you out of your comfort zone. And I'm kind of interested to see how, uh, if they've learned from that against South Carolina or if uh, that's still going to be kind of a glaring issue. Yeah. If, if anybody wants to see Huggy Bear at his finest, the uh, post game before he even gets to the locker room, they interviewed him in the tunnel, and I thought he was going to throw the interviewee through the wall. He wanted nothing to do with the guy, but he knew he had to sit and talk to him. And I, I feel like if I had to call Doc and talk to him, that probably would have been similar conversations we would have had. But um, <laughs> yeah, that was. If, if anybody wants to see that, go Google that. Huggy Bear wanted nothing to do with any of those questions. Um, moving on to the nightcaps of the night, Kansas just absolutely destroyed Perdon't proved that this is why the big 10 is kind of what they were, I guess. Um, Schmitty, what were your thoughts on Kansas is just demolishing of Purdue? You know, I thought Purdue played really well for the first 19 minutes of that game. And then was that like the last like minute, maybe minute and a half they had that, a uh, really stupid play where the kid looked like the kid was shaving points on the first half line. He like threw it <laughs> off the ref. Uh, then they went down and hit a wide open three and then they hit a dunk. Right? And then once Kansas playing in Kansas city, they had that momentum burst at the end of the half. He just, you just knew that we're going to blow the, blow the doors off of Purdue in the second half. So I thought they did really well, but you just can't let Kansas get that token six, seven, eight point run where they get the momentum. And it was just over at that point. Yeah. yeah. What were your thoughts on that game, Doc? Yeah, uh, I agree with everything Smitty said. Uh, you just can't give up those runs like that. Um, yeah, Purdue had it. You know, they the, in order to, for Purdue to to stay in the game, they had to control the pace and not get in, a, uh, you know, a uh, running 
run and gun kind of game with uh, Kansas and they fell into the trap and that was it. They just couldn't stay in the, within their own pace of the game. You, you let Kansas control the pace like that. They're going to run you off the court. So um, yeah, that's, thanks for them. And then we'll wrap it up. Uh, the Thursday night action, just one of the craziest, I want to say it was a really good game, but at the same time, Arizona just choked. And I'm trying not to take anything away from from Xavier on this one. But Xavier takes down Arizona 73-71. Zona was up like seven or eight points with like two and a half minutes to go and just disappeared. Um, Doc, kick us off on your thoughts on that game. Oh, man. Uh, I You know, it, it just all comes down to how well Xavier was prepared. Um, it just came down to the last five minutes, really. I mean, it was pretty, pretty much a nip and tuck game and, really not, not much to say. I mean, Trevon Blewett just kind of just took over. And uh, Arizona's – we've seen that from Arizona from time to time this year where they go in those – those uh, they go in these droughts where, I, you know, they're not the most offensively, you know, gifted team. Uh, they're a solid team. But, yeah, I mean, give it to Xavier. I mean, I really uh, – I don't know. I thought Arizona was a little bit – I was never really sold on Arizona. I don't know about everybody else, but I was really never sold on that team from the beginning. And and me being a guy, I'm 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 not like I'm not like a hardcore college basketball uh, aficionado like our our man Smitty is. But um, and I even told him during their old our old pods that I I mean when I did uh, Doc's Dogs pods, I said uh, I can't touch college basketball regular season, but I do keep my eye on it. And um, I really start paying attention around conference time. So I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm just not a, a diehard fan. And I don't choose to get involved from a betting perspective in the regular season. But Arizona, from when I ever – when I saw them, um, they're, they're good. But they're not – I didn't think they were elite. I didn't think they were a top, you know, top-tier team. I never did. I just – I don't know. Well, if you want to insert the bad joke, they weren't elite. They were just sweet. So, um, yeah, I'll be here all night. Um, that was just the epitome. That was just the epitome of a Sean Miller uh, coach team, or whatever the hell his name. I'm pretty sure it's his name. Um, it's just a horrible, horrible coaching job at the end. But uh, Smitty, how did that go over in your backyard, Xavier, with the big upset? Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh... You know, I grew up here in Cincinnati, and Xavier, I think I saw somebody tweeted uh, since like 1998 or something like that. Xavier was, I want to say, 21-4 and four against the spread in the tournament. They just had these ridiculous – it didn't matter who the coach was. Uh, they are just the classic tournament team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, to kind of echo off the Sean Miller, um, just total shitting of the bed. They, I mean, Chris Mack was – that was probably the best coaching performance uh, I've seen all year. I mean, the, they started out in that zone and uh, Zona went out like nine to two. They called a timeout, first TV timeout, and they came out, uh, Xavier did in the zone. And Zona shot, what, like seven of 30 from three? Yeah. I mean, they they knew they couldn't do anything to them in the paint. I mean, I think they still had like what something close to like maybe 20 offensive rebounds. But it was just – they, they dared Zona to shoot and, you know, they – Trier had that 15-point uh, run himself. But, I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to Chris Mack. He did a really, really good job uh, in that game. And, you know, Arizona was undoubtedly the more talented team. But, uh, 
you know, when Bullock gets hot, uh, Xavier had those scoring bursts and, you know, being up nine, <laughs> they were up at nine with two thirty left and uh, lost the game. That, that's pretty tough to do. But um, yeah, I, I, the, my biggest takeaway was I thought Chris Mack probably put on the best coaching performance I'd seen all year. And, and speaking of Chris Mack's uh, performance, I, I saw some little minor rumors. Are there any rumors and you're hearing at front line of him maybe taking a job elsewhere with how well he's performed this season and with all the injuries and everything with Xavier? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I don't think he'll leave. I mean, he's a hometown boy. Uh, he went to uh, St. X, uh, which is my alma mater here for high school in Cincinnati. He coaches at Xavier, which is kind of an extension of that high school. Um, his family's all from the area. Um, you know, I don't know how much money he makes, but Xavier doesn't have to disclose that. So I would think he's probably doing okay. You know, Xavier is uh, – if you ever check like the Forbes list of most profitable programs, it, it's always up there. Um, you know, I think the Big East TV money they get is definitely helping. And you know, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he took a job, but I mean, he's got a top 10 recruiting class coming in next year. Uh, some guys that were freshmen this year had to play uh, with the Sumner injury and Miles Davis uh, suspension. So, I mean, I, they, Sumner declared for the draft today, but I don't really think that's a, it's huge loss. So, I mean, I think he's got a top 10 team coming back next year and he set up well for the future. So I think it would take a really, really strong offer to uh, kind of lure him away. And that's one last point before we move on from this, I wanted to bring up you, I believe you tweeted it or quote tweeted somebody on it. Um, sure. It was an upset 11 verse two, but I believe it was you that clarified they were a preseason like top 10 team and this yep. team was expected to be very damn good. And yeah. so – and I've talked about this on previous pods that the seeding was such a mess. Look at the look at the Vegas spread to know how close the game is, not the numbers in front of the team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think in the tournament you always get these classic cases of the you know, talent just kind of rises to the top. And, you know, I mean, yeah, they lost summer, but, I mean, this was a preseason projected top ten team that – you know, kind of hit their stride and kind of hit their talent mark towards the end of the year. So, I mean, that was the result was not shocking by any means, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to bring that up before we completely move on and try to act like it was complete out of nowhere. Uh, Friday night's action, UNC takes down Butler 92-80. Pretty close game off and on, but UNC kind of seemed like they had their way. Like they had control of it for the most part. Uh, Doc, thoughts on UNC Butler? Yeah, I actually thought Butler was going to hang with him, and um, I was rooting for Butler. And uh, yeah, UNC's uh, size, and uh, you know they're they're on the glass. You know Butler just really couldn't compete, and really couldn't get in any kind of offensive rhythm. And North Carolina was just too; they were just better at every facet of the game, and it was kind of a mismatch. And I felt bad, but uh, yeah. Smitty, do you have any takeaways from that game? I, I kind of echo the same sentiments. I was on Butler myself, and uh, yeah, it's just they just athletically were uh, just too outclassed by UNC. I think to really threaten to win that game, which I wish I would have seen uh, in hindsight before I, I placed a bet on Butler. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to South Carolina but, uh, Baylor, and this one I know the seeding was seven and three, and this twenty point win by South Carolina seventy to fifty. It shocked me, and I don't know many people it didn't shock. I know South Carolina played well early in the season, and then they kind of halfway through conference players so kind of fell off the map a little bit. Um, 
Smitty, what did you take away from that game? This Was this the point where people started going, okay, this team might actually – Frank Martin has something really going here. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, in my, I did a write-up on uh, this game, and, you know, one of my key takeaways was like, all right, we've had – these teams have had four or five days to prep. Scott Drew hasn't fucked up yet. He's got to be due for one, right? And, you know, <laughs> going against Frank Martin, it was – they've just done such a good job. And uh, they really frustrated Baylor's guards on the perimeter. And I, I think that's one thing that, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about it uh, with the preview for this weekend. But uh, South Carolina's guards are, are big. I mean, they're 6'6", six, 6'6", six, 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 and they're built like football players. They're not lanky, you know, athletic – you know, guys, you might think about, I mean, they're, they're football players that are disguised in basketball uniforms. And I think that that really threw Baylor off their game. Um, they're kind of a finesse oriented team, even though their rebounding stats might lead you to think otherwise, but I think that they just hit, hit Baylor right in the mouth, um, which they probably had coming. Um, cue up all your Baylor uh, punching mm-hmm. jokes, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, I was really impressed with how uh, I, I thought South Carolina was, going to win and keep it within you know a couple of possessions but I was I did not see that coming it's okay your Baylor punching joke's not nearly as bad as the tweet I put out that night which I won't repeat at the moment but if everybody wants to check <laughs> it out it's at BDNTrick and it involves Cox and Baylor um Doc, <laughs> what, what, what was your takeaway from this game well uh my takeaway was it was that uh yeah kind of what Smitty said so, uh, South Carolina just kind of were, were just so physical for them. They were uh, Baylor couldn't shoot at all. They were, I believe, there were some like 31% from the field. They only hit three three-pointers. And, uh, you know, when you when you can't compete, and, you know, Motley, I know, I know Baylor's got some athletes with Motley and stuff, but Thornwell Motley is kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like a basketball player against a football player. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Um, I like seeing uh, I like seeing Baylor lose nowadays, and I think most of us would agree on that. So, uh, um, yeah, South Carolina's just too physical. Put the clamps on. That was it. That was a wrap. Well, and you, you hit it on the head, Smitty, with the Scott Drew comment. Uh, it's like we say with Miller from Arizona. We said it in previous rounds, a couple other matchups. Some of these coaches just show their true colors, and it's almost before the game even starts their teams behind the eight ball because you know their coach, when it gets close, is going to screw it up somewhere. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, in a game of that magnitude, it, show, it showed and it showed really brightly. Moving on to Kentucky-UCLA rematch of one of the best college games of the year, if not the best college game of the year. Um, but Kentucky takes care of business in this one, 86-75 over UCLA. And you'd think it would be the end of Lonzo Ball, but no, ESPN has to just suck him off more and more every day. It's unbelievable. But, uh, Smitty, these are your boys. Kick us off on the Kentucky recap. I don't know that I've had, like, a pure feeling of ecstasy for more than two <laughs> hours like that ever. It was it was so enjoyable. I mean, it was so enjoyable. It was – uh I mean, I just, I just, you know, that whole week build up. Uh, I mean, you know, UCLA was already becoming extremely unlikable, and then just my favorite, Deer and Fox, just 
fucking abused Lonzo Ball. It was it was just beautiful. I mean, it was I almost didn't watch like other parts of the game because I was so fascinated on on how on how Ball was playing. But uh, yeah, I mean that was that was a big performance by Kentucky. I, I I was really impressed with how they played defense. I think they held UCLA to their uh, tied for their lowest total of the year, which was like still only seventy five points. But uh, I thought UK did really well defensively in that one, and uh, it, it it gave me gave me great joy. <laughs> You know that that is very joy joyous occasion in that game because they they took care of business and like I said a game earlier in this year that UCLA didn't both teams score over a hundred in that game like it was uh, that was the North Carolina it was ninety seven ninety two I think ninety seven okay Carolina Carolina it was some was fascinating so number yeah it was uh, I mean in that game in Rupp, uh Looking back on it, it's just funny. UCLA was a ten point dog uh, in that game, but uh, UCLA kind of led wire to wire in that one. So, I, I mean, I was definitely nervous going into that game. But, uh, you know, I think that Cal uh, kind of silenced a little bit of the uh, he can't really coach um, shenanigans because they had a great game plan and executed it well. And, Doc, what do you have from takeaway from that game? Um, I'm, people look at me like I'm absolutely nuts. But I've seen UCLA quite, uh, play quite a bit this year. I don't – I don't – I don't know – I don't see it with Lonzo Ball. I really don't. I don't understand why everybody's got such a hard on over this guy. Um, I think he's overrated, man. And in that, in that Pac-12 tournament against Arizona, guy was invisible. Uh, I I don't know, but I was happy to see it, and um, I was happy to see UCLA lose. Very happy. Yeah, I don't know how Lonzo Ball's. Shots not going to get blocked every other time in the NBA, but um, more power to him, I guess. I think De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox, uh, I've seen Kentucky play quite a bit, but to see De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox with the success he had pen, uh, penetrating, uh, going into the lane with this quickness, I mean, my God, man. The guy was, wow. Impressive. All right, well, there's – Oh, sorry, sorry. There's no other games to talk about in the Sweet 16. Um, oh, sorry. Um, you had a pure two hours of ecstasy, Smitty. I had about two and a – I'd say two hours and, you know, five minutes of off and on ecstasy and about 30 seconds for my life was about to end. Um, <laughs> because somehow Wisconsin doesn't know how to play defense on the last play of the game. They just want to part the Red Seas for a wide open three. Doc, why don't you kick us off with how Wisconsin should have been in the Elite Eight and they weren't? Given, given, let me clarify. I know they hit a lucky three to get it to overtime. I get that part. I'm just bitter. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they kind of just let Kiyosi just have his shot. I mean, that was very, very uh, uncharacteristic uncharacteristic of whiskey um you know and i mean i talked to a couple people about wisconsin and i i was on wisconsin plus one so i pushed but um i don't what's thing with wisconsin is you know you know what you're going to get you're going to get a disciplined basketball team but on that play they i i don't get it man I don't get it. I don't know. I don't understand what happened, but I don't know. 
I, I, was, I was shocked. Completely shocked. Yeah, you could, you and me both. Um, Smitty, what do, what do you have on that Florida-Wisconsin game? You know, I didn't see much except for the last couple of minutes. Um, I was at a Kentucky bar watching the game, so every TV was on that. So I, I really don't have uh, much to add on that one. I just saw the replay in, in like the last minute or so. Yeah, well, there's nothing to see there. It was nothing. <laughs> um, let, let's head on to the uh, the Elite Eight. Uh, not, you know – not the same type of game, surprisingly. You'd expect these to be pretty darn close, but uh, I'll start with you on this one, Smitty. Gonzaga absolutely thumped Xavier from start to finish in that game. Was Xavier Did Xavier just blow their wad against Arizona, or was this outmatched? I, I think it was a little bit of both. I, I think they were more outmatched and then kind of running on fumes uh, at the same time. I, you know, Gonzaga did a really good job. It felt, felt like every time Xavier made any kind of a run to threaten uh, Gonzaga, they just hit a shot to uh, kind of quell that. And, the, you know, that's that's demoralizing uh, when you're you're playing from behind all game and every time you, you threaten, like you're knocking on the door and then they hit a big shot. I mean, I think they were 12 to 24. Uh, from three, which, you know, Xavier was living by the three and dying by it. Um, you know, they got Florida State and Arizona to chuck a bunch up and not make any. And I mean, you take that same approach against a, a good, well-coached Gonzaga team. You know, they were kind of bound to get bit by that. So, you know, I think Xavier uh, was partly running on gas. And then I also thought Gonzaga just played a hell of a game. Yeah, they were clicking on all cylinders, that's for sure. I was kind of glad to see them kind of take care of a game when everyone kept saying – they don't belong. They should have lost to West Virginia. And they actually went out and took care of business to get to the final four. It was good to see. Doc, what do you have in that one? Um, definitely the most complete game I've seen uh, Gonzaga play all year. And I that, that might have – Smitty makes, up, makes a really good point there. You have to wonder how much Xavier had left in the tank. Um, but then again, I mean, Gonzaga played a very physical uh, – yeah. kids, These West, kids yeah. – West Virginia team, but uh, it, it was by far the most complete basketball game I've seen Gonzaga play this year, easily. Okay, gotcha. Um, we'll go to Oregon, Kansas. This one, I thought coming into the Sweet 16 for sure, then they showed it over Purdue. I thought Kansas was one of the only teams to actually play to their potential every game so far. Because every other team was having a close game here or there. Like you said, Smitty, you have to be challenged at least once on your way. Well, when Kansas was challenged, foot on the throat and finished them off. Doc, why don't you kick us off with this one? What was your takeaway from Oregon beating Kansas by 14? Uh, My takeaway was that, uh, man, I don't know what it was, but Kansas couldn't buy a shot. And Oregon just outplayed them. I mean, there's really no, no, I mean, they were, um, they looked like just the better team. I, I don't really know how to put it. I'm, me, I hate Kansas, so I was very happy to see it. Um, but uh, sorry, Caleb. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I really, honestly, I, was, I watched a lot of the game. I didn't watch all of it because I was uh, at a 40th birthday party. So, uh, from what I saw, it just Oregon just flat out outplayed them. I just no other way to put it than that. What's your takeaway on that one, Smitty? 
I, I mean, that game was just so fucking Kansas. It was unbelievable. I mean, they looked so unbeatable. I mean, just when you talk yourself into thinking, all right, this is theirs to lose for sure, and then <laughs> then they get they do that. And I mean, it was. I mean, you got to give a ton of credit to Oregon. Uh, they played. That was, in my opinion, probably the most shocking performance of the entire tournament. Was just the, I, the discrepancy that you know, even when you know, Kansas is playing basically a home game uh, in front of what twenty thousand people, and every time that Kansas kind of mounted that little run uh, in the second half, where you thought, okay, we're gonna have a game here, Oregon just shut the door, and it was, it was like I said, I think it was by far the most shocking performance. Uh, I was so impressed with how Oregon played, which is I'm trying to kind of scale back from that because it, it's kind of <laughs> tricking me into uh, taking them against UNC, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into. But uh, really impressed with Oregon. Um, you know, Kansas didn't get anything from uh, Graham and some of the other moving pieces. Uh, I kind of felt bad for Mason a little bit. Uh, he, he was playing his ass off. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that was, that was the Bill Self uh, toupee moment we were waiting for. Yeah. Bill Self. Uh, yep. Yeah, he should, he should himself finally, it, it finally happened. <laughs> Um, like you said, I, I agree. I, th- this tournament seemed like theirs to lose the way they've been playing, and wow. Uh, moving on to Sunday's action, we'll kick it off with the Steve Spurrier Bowl, South Carolina versus Florida. Carolina, South Carolina, that is. Seven-point W on Florida, and um, even um, after the Baylor game, you have to believe in them after Florida. I know Florida's not on everyone's you know top ten list, of course, but still – Good ball club. Carolina took care of business. Uh, Smitty, kick us off with that one. Yeah, I, that's uh, that was like you said the, the game that kind of solidified. Um, you know, Baylor. I definitely think you know you can poke holes in Baylor all you want, but uh, the South Carolina win uh, over Florida was definitely a, a, a just a firm you know firm plant that they uh, they played. They're just playing a different level right now, but. Uh, I was really impressed with Thornwell. Um, you know, I think South Carolina is what's making them dangerous right now, which kind of been their hindrance all year was that the offense can be, you know, it can come and go. The defense is always solid, but I think Thornwell uh, being able to just go to him and, and count on getting a bucket or getting the free throw line is huge now for them as far as confidence goes. So that was probably my biggest takeaway. So I think Thornwell's just playing on a whole nother level right now. Uh, Doc, what, what was your takeaway from South Carolina advancing to the Final Four? Tale of two halves. Um, their defensive intensity and the pressure in the second half was totally um, – in the second half was just – I mean, it was amazing. They just turned up the heat and Florida couldn't handle it. Bottom line, they shot better. Uh, you know, we're better on the boards. Uh, didn't give Florida good shots. Uh, Florida shot selection was horrible to say the least. Um, yeah, just kind of clamped up the defense as South Carolina has been doing all tournament. So, uh, yeah, credit to them. Well, it makes sense. I'd hate to be trailing in an important game at halftime having to go talk to Frank Martin. If anybody's yeah. going to light your, your ass on fire, it's going to be that man. <laughs> um, skip the next game if you want. Um, UNC buzzer beater <laughs> over Kentucky, seventy-five, seventy-three. I'm just, I'm not gonna say anything else. I'm gonna let Smitty have the floor first. This was his Wildcats thoughts. You know, I'm really not as uh, as butthurt as I, I probably should be um, over the buzzer beater because 
as soon as we tied it up, uh, I say we like, you know, I'm on the fucking team, but as soon as UK tied it up, <laughs> uh, with seven seconds left, it's like, you, it's like watching a train wreck from a mile. You just knew, I just knew something was, a bucket was going to go down for them. So I, I was emotionally prepared for it. But uh, I just, you know, we talked about it earlier and it, it's, it hasn't just been the case in, you know, the Kentucky UCLA game, but, or the Kentucky UNC game, but the officiating is, is just, so bad and these are supposed to be the guys that are the cream of the crop uh as far as ncaa refs go i mean there was there were i mean fox only played i think maybe six minutes in the first half so uk goes in down five at half barely getting anything from fox and monk so you're feeling really good as a kentucky fan that that's the worst case scenario pretty much and you're only down five but i mean you know you blow the the fox no call at the end of the first half where he got hacked by two guys the BAM goaltending that was obviously not goaltending. Uh, there was another Fox that got, he got called for a block when it was definitely a charge. And, you know, just a couple of, you know, two or three calls that, that in a game like that is, is can sway the outcome. But, you know, I, I, not to take anything away from UNC, they were definitely the better team. Um, they, they outplayed Kentucky. They hit big shots. So, you know, you got to give them credit, but um, yeah, that was uh you know, you look at the Kentucky run that they had. You know, the UNC game was one, probably the game of the tournament. Uh, the UCLA-Kentucky game was entertaining. The Wichita game was great. So, you know, you look at that little gauntlet and, uh, you know, hopefully Cal will uh, shut his mouth from now on so we don't just keep drawing these kind of uh, runs to, to advance. But, uh, you know, it was a hell of a game. And uh, you just got to tip your hat to Carolina. They played great. Doc, what was your takeaway from uh, UNC advancing? Yeah, great game back and forth. Um, I knew it was going to be come down to the wire, especially what Smitty brought up, the fact that Aaron and um, Fox and uh, Monk really didn't do much in the first half and they were only down five. So I knew it was going to come down to the wire. Um, unfortunately, um, I was in Columbus and uh, we had a tornado warning. So the sirens went off and the game went off about a minute left. And uh, I didn't see the last minute of the game. So uh, pretty disappointing. But, uh, yeah, oh, well, yeah, we had to deal with the weather people. <laughs> Just my luck. So Well, it was, it, even though the outcome wasn't ideal for Schmitty, it was a great way to end the weekend of action. It was a hell of a basketball game. And it, uh, it takes us into the Final Four, what we're here to preview. And it starts on Saturday, April 1st. So all the bad April Fool's jokes will be all over the goddamn place. Um, we get it kicked off. The seven seed South Carolina versus the one seed Gonzaga. Gonzaga is roughly a six and a half point favorite. Shop around your lines. Uh, Smitty, kick us off with your preview on South Carolina Gonzaga. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited for this. It's uh, I, I think that the West Virginia game kind of gives – Gonzaga a benefit here, um, but I think it also kind of helps us in handicapping this game just because I think what West Virginia did, and not so much generating turnovers, which they did, but, you know, they just make you so uncomfortable on offense where just nothing is in rhythm. Um, Every shot is just hard to get, hard to come by. And, you know, I think, you know, you got South Carolina's guards, you got Dozier and Thornwell, they're both 6'6", and I don't think Gonzaga has a guard that's over 6'4", I want to say, so they're definitely going to be at a little bit of a physical disadvantage there, um, you know, they have the advantage in the post with uh, Karnowski and uh, 
I can't remember the other kid's name. Uh, he's a seven footer as well. But um, I think that's definitely going to be uh, probably the, the deciding factor is how well uh, South Carolina's guards can uh, slow down Gonzaga from the perimeter. You know, if Gonzaga shoots 12 to 24 from three, it's over. Uh, but, you know, I think this game, it, it's just, it's, it, it's tough. Cause you know, I think South Carolina has kind of got this mojo going on right now that it, it's really hard to fade them, but it kind of, this game kind of reminds me a little bit of Gonzaga's game against Xavier where, you may be wondering if uh, South Carolina is just kind of running out of steam here and with a full week to rest and prepare, you know, how's Gonzaga going to come out? So uh, it's tough. Uh, I, I hate to hate to fade South Carolina, but I, I just don't know that I trust their offense well enough. And I don't think Gonzaga got enough credit for how well they've played defense throughout this tournament. Um, so, you know, I, I think right now I'm leaning towards uh, laying the points here with Gonzaga. Well, we know what Doc likes to do. Doc, what's your opinion on this game? <laughs> uh, I'm going to take the points with South Carolina here. Um, I think, uh, granted, I do agree that, uh, you know, with Gonzaga playing West Virginia and seeing a similar style defense, um, I think in the half court game, I think South Carolina's defense is a little bit better. And um, I think they can get the Gonzaga, uh, you know, Shooter's uncomfortable. I don't think Gonzaga is going to be hitting 50%, uh, you know, from the field. Um, I don't see them. I think the whole thing with Gonzaga is you got to keep them from, I mean, it's kind of common sense, but I think they can keep Gonzaga from getting into an offensive rhythm. And as, if they can do that, I think they can, can, can score on Gonzaga. I think Dozier's got, Dozier and Dornwell have to have great games. Um, but I think if in the half-court game, if South Carolina can control the tempo overall in the, in the game and if they can just limit the runs and limit Gonzaga from getting into the, you know, a really good offensive flow, I think South Carolina has a very good chance of winning this basketball game. So – um, I'm going to be on South Carolina. You got South Carolina against the spread. Who do you have to win it straight up? Uh, give me South Carolina. You know, money line that shit. Too. Well, I'm just saying I got it because I got it for the next question. I have to know what's going on. <laughs> um, all right. Let's go to the second game of the night, the nightcap. Number three, Oregon versus number one, North Carolina. The line has moved up to five for North Carolina. Um, before the tournament started, I – thought North Carolina was the most complete team in the tournament. Didn't mean they were the best team, but the most complete team. Um, and Oregon, they're just showing us that they're still as good as they were even before they lost their big man. Uh, Smitty, kick us off with Oregon, North Carolina. Yeah, I'm really excited for this game. Um, I, I think that what I think, you know, when you play UNC, you have to make them beat you from – outside the paint, um, you know, if you let them control the interior, which, you know, they're number one in offensive rebounding, um, they're always at the top of the list as far as uh, scoring in the paint. I, I think that that can be done here with Oregon uh, with that matchup zone that they play. Um, you know, I, if I'm playing UNC, I'm, I'm just going to dare them to shoot. Um, you know, if, if they make them, so be it. But if you're giving up those easy looks inside too, um, that's just going to open up the jump shots on the back end. So um, you, I think you have to be really – excited if you're backing Oregon with how well Jordan Bell's been playing. Um, you know, if he can 
be that same monster uh, defending uh, and controlling the glass that he's been here up to this point. Um, you know, I think Oregon's got a very good chance to win this game. Um, you know, at the same time, UNC is always tough to go against uh, just because they, they, when they play their best, no one can beat them. But, you know, at the same time, Dana Altman's does not get nearly as much credit as he deserves uh, for how well he coaches and, you know, you give him a week to prep, um, you know, the Oregon's got some great guards between Dorsey and Brooks and uh, Bell. So they've got guys that can shoot. Um, they can play well. They can score on the perimeter against UNC. So, you know, I, I think this is going to be my dog play uh, for the tournament or for the final four here. I like Oregon and I like him to win straight up. And you like him straight up. I like it. Uh, Doc, what do we have on this one? Oh, man. Um, this is a game where I think, yeah, Oregon's playing at a high level, but I just think uh, Carolina's size and, uh, you know, their guys, in the, they're, they're big guys, uh, you know, Kennedy Meeks. I just think they're too much for Oregon inside inside the paint. Um, I don't know if I'm going to bet this game, but if I had to, uh, I would definitely grab the points. I think it's going to be a close game, uh, but I ultimately see Carolina winning by – you know, two or three. We're getting against the spread, but UNC straight up. Gotcha. Yep. Well, we you guys agreed on against the spread on that one. That'll help. That's good there. I, I like Oregon to keep it tight. Um, Carolina's got the ability to run away from anybody, but um, I definitely see this game staying tight. Or, Oregon can shoot enough. And one thing we got to mention, we could be the cliche of all cliches. This is going to be in University of Phoenix Stadium. A lot of those stadium games we've seen shooting has issues, especially early with the whole depth perception and everything. Something to keep in mind, folks, because I know everyone's going to see Oregon, North Carolina want to run to bet the over. First half under, I don't even know what the line is, but that's just where I would go with that one. But it's just my two cents. Sure. I thought for sure with University of Phoenix, you were going towards the UNC online classes, fake classes joke. <laughs> well, no, we, 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 saw, we saw on Snapchat – that um, they were in class first thing in the morning Got on it. Monday, 8 a.m. How fucking staged was that? I mean, come on. <laughs> I want to know who he gave the. I want to know who he gave his login information to because you know it wasn't him. They didn't show him. They just showed the classroom. That could have been anybody. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just get the fuck out of here. That was such a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Um, there we have it. Let's go to the championship game predictions. Schmitty, you have Gonzaga versus the national championship game. Who do you have winning it, and who is your player of the tournament? Oh, man. I have I have Oregon winning a, uh, a close one, and uh, player of the tournament, I'm going to stick with Jordan Bell. So if Oregon gets that far, I think he will have a couple of more monster games to uh, kind of solidify himself. So that's what I'm going to roll with. I like it, the, the Oregon pick. Uh, and you're right, Bell has to go off for that to happen, so it makes total sense. Uh, Doc, you have South Carolina versus Oregon. Are we going back-to-back, or are we going unanimous? Are we quack-quacking it here? Um, no, well, I got North Carolina South Carolina in the final. Oh, sorry, you have straight-ups North Carolina, yeah. So we have a yeah. battle of the Carolinas. Yeah. Uh, they'd be happy in the Civil War game. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what's so funny is uh, – God, somebody wrote something on Facebook and I saw like, how awesome is it to have two 
teams from the same state in the final four. <laughs> <laughs> I shit you not, man. Oh, wow. Uh, anyway. Yeah, that was the UNC term paper. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, made it, <laughs> made it to the Facebook. They wrote that in their 8 a.m. class. <laughs> I think uh, ultimately, I think the run, uh, well, it's going to run for anybody, but uh, the run's going to end for anybody, but South Carolina, it'd be a great story to see them win. Um, you got to love the fighting Frank Martins. Um, just a hell of a basketball coach and, you know, what he's done. Um, it's been, you know, tremendous with that program. But I think North Carolina's been on a mission this year, uh, ever since last year. Um, ultimately, I see North Carolina winning a close one. I think they can compete in the paint and uh, – I think they'll be able to get, you know, I just think they just match up really well with South Carolina size-wise. I just think they have, you know, better all-around shooters, better all-around players. So I'm going to go with North Carolina in a close one. Uh, and my most outstanding player will be Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson. All right. Uh, before we wrap this bad boy up, we kind of, you know, recap last week and everything. Start with you, Smitty. What are kind of your highlights of the tournaments or surprises that you kind of are? Yeah, I mean, I think highlights. Gonzaga hasn't had the toughest road, but I, I still think uh, finally getting that monkey off their back and kind of getting some of the respect that you know, they probably are a little late as far as getting from uh, the the casual uh, observer of college basketball. Um, you know, granted, they with the three seed West Virginia was the, the best team they had to play, but uh, either way, I mean, I, th- I think that they deserve some credit for that. And uh, I think you also have to look at some of the officiating has just been just, you know, it, officiating. I watch a lot of college basketball and it's bad at every conference level. You know, it, it's just, it's a horrible product, but it's, something just has to be done. It, you know, they're robbing fans of good viewing experiences. They're, they're taking team's best players out of the game in the first half with the stupid two, two foul, uh, you know, cliche, you got to pull guys out. So I think something has to be done about that. Uh, it's, it's making the viewing experience not as good as it could be. Yeah. Doc, what are some of your best moments or surprises so far? Um, my, my favorite moment of the tournament is honestly Wisconsin beating Villanova in the second round. Which is pretty much the only that was thing I too. got right on my. I, that's the only thing I got right <laughs> on, my, on my bracket, pretty much. Um, just takeaways. Uh, I mean, Wisconsin getting to the, you know, getting to where they went, got to the Sweet Sixteen. I think that that program is just like they just don't miss a beat, man. They're always competing. Um, South Carolina's run's been magical. Um, like Smitty said, Gonzaga really solidifying themselves. Um, getting to the final four, good for them. Uh, even though I'm still a little uh, angry about the whole uh, West Virginia loss. Um, seeing Northwestern get their first uh, tournament win was pretty cool. Um, Michigan's run, I thought Michigan, you know, I, I man, I had a feeling Michigan might have gone to the final four if they wouldn't have taken such stupid shots. Um Wichita, Wichita State, Kentucky, seeing that again, it's like they always meet up. Um, 
ultimately the biggest takeaway from the tournament, I think, was just the bad seating, how bad the seating was. And it's just, it was awful. And when Dayton and Wichita State played, like Greg Marshall was saying, they were misseated and they, they didn't deserve to be. And um, just that. I, I just thought the committee did a shitty job once again. So um, I've seen a couple Allen Boston rants as well on that. But uh, um, yeah, the, 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 uh, the seating was pretty bad. The officiating bad, like Smitty said. So, but uh, it's been an entertaining tournament. Uh, for sure. Yeah, I'd say some of the fun was the opening rounds. Everyone pissed. There wasn't really big upsets, but it's what I liked it that way because it set up everything we've seen so far since then. All the matchups we've seen. Um, oh, one more thing. Bobby. Yeah. One more thing, Baba. Can we just stop with the Middle Tennessee State? It wasn't an upset. <laughs> they were fucking. No, it was crazy. not. Yeah, they were favored. That's why I said earlier, don't worry about the number in front. It's the it's the Vegas line. Look at the Vegas line. Yeah. Um, but uh, Wisconsin beating Villanova, I was thoroughly shocked. I thought they had no chance in hell. I was telling my friends not to bet them. Um, <laughs> and then it's always a pleasure of mine to watch Duke lose, especially in the opening weekend. Oh, how, how could always I, yeah. a good time. Yeah. Always a good time. To see the Duke faithful go down crying as Coach K has to have another season of, ah, oh, so close yet so far. Always uh, great. The best, the best was the spin zone that, uh, it, you know, it's because uh, where North Carolina uh, legislators decided people could could not take shits at, so that those games got moved from North Carolina. So that was, you know, an, an unfair home crowd advantage for South Carolina, which I just was, I was loving that argument. Me too. <laughs> yeah, if, you're, if you're in the goddamn game. It's very simple. <laughs> um, well, I got one more question for you, Smitty. You mentioned his name earlier, and it's kind of off the radar here, but um, we always there's always a couple guys that most people don't know because you know there's so many teams. But a team will make a run, and a player will make a statement, and it really helps his draft stock or whatever. You mentioned Thornwell for South Carolina. Do you think? Like, has he moved up a ton in the eyes of the NBA, or is he the same? Or do you have another player you might have seen in the, that wasn't really on the radar before the tournament that is now? Yeah, you know, Thornwell uh, didn't get as much national recognition because he plays in the SEC, but he was SEC player of the year in a year where Fox and Monk and, you know, some other guys had huge years. And I don't know what his NBA – potential translates to I mean he is six six he can get buckets he gets to the free throw line you know I I would have a hard time I don't know if he'd be a he could be a, a rotational guy for for somebody I'm sure but uh yeah he, he's a lot of fun to watch um you know he's kind of got that little bit of like an old man YMCA game feel to him where he's he's not quick but he just gets to where he wants to go and uses his body well so he, he's a lot of fun to watch but uh yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, Dorsey for Oregon has been has been awesome to watch. You know, Dylan Brooks has really kind of been the third best player on Oregon, which is kind of wild to see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, it's a shame that um, Kansas got bounced early because I, I think Frank Mason was playing some, the best basketball in the country. Yeah, and that's that, that goes to show you that the Thornwell deal because – I don't watch a ton of college basketball, but I watch some. I didn't even know he was SEC player in the, of, the, of the year. And if you, Exactly. I, I barely knew until I saw it in, in a headline. I watched probably more SEC basketball than any same person should. So, 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say is if you look at all the, you know, highlight shows and everything else, they're all acting like Thornwell's never been mentioned in the national media ever. So, yeah, um, he could be our next Dwayne Wade, but you, you think he's not going to be that big of an impact. Um, all right. Uh, that pretty much wraps it up. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to, to mention on the tournament? I'm good. Uh, congrats to the ACC for getting absolutely destroyed. Yeah, conference of the year. <laughs> yeah, that was the only thing, that was that was the only good thing is to watch the Big Ten, who everyone was shitting on going into the into the to the the bracket, you know, picks and everything. They at least made a run. DC and Duke. Oh, sorry. What? <laughs> I love I love seeing uh, John Rothstein's tweet got retweeted where he said the ACC was the most dominant uh, conference we've ever seen. <laughs> it was he was going wild <laughs> like wildfire <laughs> last weekend. Well, and everyone was everyone was shitting all over the SEC, and then we have three teams in the Elite Eight, and it's like all of a sudden, oh look who's here. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it, it's kind of it's kind of fun not to go off on a tangent, but uh, SEC basketball is set up very well for success in the future here. I think Cal's kind of lured in some other high name. Co- I mean, if you look at some of the coaches across the SEC programs right now, it's set up well for success in the future. So I think that might have just been a sign of things to come. I do come on for the season next year. We can talk about it because for a while it's been. It, it, the SEC, it's a football conference with a couple basketball teams, like Kentucky and maybe one other team every year. It's what it seems like it comes out of it. So it'd be good to see something you know productive out of there. Yeah. What do you got, Doc? Uh, I got nothing else, man. Just uh, everybody enjoyed it. Hope everybody's enjoyed the tournament and uh, should be a great Final Four. Yeah, it should be a blast. Uh, all right, that should wrap it up then. Uh, again, Smitty, thanks for joining us. You can find Smitty on Twitter at Smithers513. And Doc, as always, it's a pleasure. Find him on Twitter at Positive underscore Vig. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank yeah, you. No problem. Thank you. Uh, uh, this was Bench with Bubba, episode 31. Check us out, thesportsdgens.com. Until next time, we'll catch you guys later. Life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance because you'll feel protected no matter how the wind blows. Also, you can keep enjoying the home of your dreams. And our expert agents can help you save up to 23% when you bundle home with auto. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.